Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Paddy, Kenny, goalkeeper, play for Sheffield United, QPR, Leeds, Berry, Rotherham and several other northern teams. Won the championship at QPR and was named two-time player of the year at Sheffield United. Seven appearances for Ireland, has spent more time with Neil Warnock than any person in human history. And of course, author. But let's see what the book club thought in today's The Football Book Club. When we lost Toss at start game and I run full length at pitch to change ends, I were blowing out my backside. Don't you worry about that. You said in the book he struggled to concentrate because he talked about porn all the time. I couldn't believe. Why would you buy Leeds United and then Penny Pinch? I love how you go from being timid to telling Roy Keane to f*** off. That's the bit of the book where I really felt like I was in the dressing room with you. And uh, for that, I, I hate you. And he says, I know what I'm going to get from you on pitch. And obviously off the pitch, I know there could be a, a car crash coming now and again. But <laughs> he says, I've got to accept that. Hello and welcome to the Football Book Club, the only book club where instead of literary classics, each week we read yet another footballer's autobiography. Less Dan Brown, more Michael Brown. I'm James Bug, and over the weeks we've been reading such classics as Jamie Redknapp's On the Ball and Fernando Torres' El Nino, but today we have an extra special episode where we're reading Paddy Kenny's brand new book, The Gloves Are Off, and reading it with me are Jack Bernhardt. Hello. James Balgen. Hello. And Paddy Kenny. Hello. Yes, Paddy. <laughs> Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Yourselves, you all good? Very good. Congratulations on the book, Paddy. It's out today, Monday, October the 5th, through Vertical Editions Books. We've read it. We absolutely love it. You excited for people to read it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've had uh, plenty of good feedback up to press, so uh, I'm hoping you boys uh, agree with what I've heard. And uh, Yeah, I'm excited for it to come out now. I've seen you've had a lot of really good press about it, which is great. Um, and it's it's totally warranted. It's a, it's a really brilliant book. Is there anyone you don't want to read the book? No, not really. <laughs> Just my kids. Yeah, any of them really. <laughs> you don't you don't want your kids to read it? Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. What age? What age are they allowed to read it? Uh, eighteen. Okay. <laughs> Will you give it to them as a present on their eighteenth birthday? They've already got it. I'll give the, the younger kids. They're only seven and four. I've already given it then. They wanted a copy to see the picture of themselves and the name in it. So I'm hey, it. Do, you worry, I'm do you worry you're going to walk in on them reading it one time and they'll be like, Daddy, what No, because <laughs> no, I've said keep it your mother's. Oh, fair okay. <laughs> She can deal with that. Very smart. Now, normally, Paddy, at this point, uh, with a lot of the books, we have a look to see what the reviews are saying on Amazon. But the book's not out, obviously, so it's impossible. Um, so if you're, if you're okay, I'm just going to read a quick blurb of the yeah. book just so people know what it is 
Paddy Kenny is the larger-than-life figure who bounced back from rejection at 16 and graduated from Park Pitches to become a Premier League goalkeeper and later represented his country. Paddy Kenny's career was certainly not straightforward, just like his life. In his autobiography, Kenny lifts the lid in his time on and off the football field, including dressing room rucks, being beaten for the Premier League's most famous goal and having his eyebrow bitten off in a curry house, just days before he faced Cristiano Ronaldo and Manchester United. This is Kenny's story and the gloves are well and truly off. Sounds good, right? Yeah. It, you like it. But... It really it really sets it up, I'll be honest. You, you sort of read that blurb and you're like, yep, okay. What a crazy kid. An eyebrow it... is going to be bitten off in a curry house. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't had that in a book yet. We've, we read uh, Louis Sahar's book does not have uh, someone's <laughs> eyebrow being bitten off. <laughs> so that's a first then, is it? Yeah. It, definitely oh, a first. Definitely a first, yeah. Okay, over the show, we'll be asking Paddy some questions about the book, about his career, and we'll be playing a game with him. But first, Paddy, why now? What made you want to write this book? I don't know. Uh, obviously, I got asked a couple of years ago uh, to do to do it, and I, I wasn't really interested. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, I know. <laughs> and then, and then about a year ago now, me, uh, an old agent of mine called Lee Payne, he, he, uh, he rung me up and said, I think it's something you should look to do. There's obviously a lot of things you need to clear up and stuff in your sure. life and all football uh, matters as well he said and I've got someone who's willing to do it for you as a Chef United fan I think it'd be perfect and obviously it with Danny Hall mm-hmm. uh, I had a meeting with him and uh, basically went from there I sat down with him we had a four hour meeting in Costa Coffee I, wow. I was wired after I'd had that much coffee <laughs> yeah, <I'm sure. laughs> uh, and uh, I bet I didn't shut up I don't think for four hours uh, <laughs> did you write was, the book there and then yeah, then yeah. it was yeah. just in that yeah. like, okay we're starting Barry yeah. here we go let's go <laughs> we sat there and he just turned around to me and said uh, 100% want to do this uh, as long as you do so uh, that's how it come about really I'm glad he did because you, you do have a lot of stories to tell like some of the books we've read, um, not naming names, uh, some of them, yeah, you know, they, they, they have a few stories and then, yeah, not much else happens. They pad it out. Whereas, yeah. Paddy, your book, every page there's a story. <laughs> and, it, and even like, you know, on the rare occasions there isn't, it's just it gets carried through by like your language in it and the way, and not just the bad language. I mean, also the way you, you your, your personality really comes across in it really, really brilliantly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think I think I've, it's all about the honesty, isn't? Because obviously, there's so many things gone off. It's some of the stuff you might want to not talk about. But if I would, sure. do it, I wanted to do it right, and I know it, it brought up some good memories, a lot of good memories. It brought up some bad memories, but it was something that, that had to be done. And if I were going to do a good book, it had to be totally honest and mm-hmm. and uh, and put, just put it all out there, really. Did you get any of your teammates to read over it before? No, none of them. So I hope we don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah is there anything you think you might have betrayed their confidence or anything in there? <laughs> now nah, they'll be fine they know what i'm like they know i'm a fiery uh head case so sure and have you read any of your teammates books no i've never read them i'm not a reader either even though i've kind of done it <laughs> oh, i've had to read through this and i swear to god it's took me forever wow you've written <laughs> you've written more books than you've read yeah, possibly yeah. Like <laughs> Nice. Well, what I love about it, as I've mentioned, is it's a, it's what I call a proper footballer's autobiography. It's gritty. It's very sweary. It's what I imagine being in a changing room with Paddy Kenny is like, without having to see a naked Neil Warnock, which, um, <laughs> <laughs> which, which we'll come to later. Um, but you know, it's f this, knobhead that, all the way. Through. It's real. It feels, and you know, there's some lines which are very real. I mean, if you don't mind me quoting 
one or two lines at oh, you. Right. They numbed the end of my cock and shoved a camera up it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Although I weren't laughing at the time, I'm laughing now. But, I'm yeah, sure. Is like some players decide to tone down their books. Did did did, um, did Danny or the publishers ever try and get you to uh, to tone it down at all? I actually remember reading through that bit and I and I wrote it down because when I when we used to go when I were going through the. Uh, chapters as he was sending them there i remember reading that bit and i actually were questioned whether to put that in and okay. then i just thought no say it how i'd say it it's got to go in there how i'd say it and yeah. if i were telling lads that's how i'd tell the story yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't use like medical terminology oh, no like, no oh, yeah the end of my penis yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's I how i would say it. that I, yeah, yeah well i would okay. <laughs> facts, don't forget but thinking about it i probably just wouldn't tell people that they put a, <laughs> yeah, a, a camera at my penis but <laughs> I honesty, didn't I, with a, of course it, yeah it's, it's, it's that that makes that's that story that built into that which were actually quite a scary part of my life you know what i mean yeah. so it's true i make it a bit more light-hearted towards the end because i've actually come out of it on the good side technically it makes it a bit laughable that's like a thing that comes through throughout the book like even at the most dramatic moments or the most like awful moments that happen to you throughout this book there's so many funny you just have such a great way of talking about them and such yeah. a, like i think that honesty really comes through like you know even the the curry house story and the eyebrow being bitten your description of it is actually because it is it, as as terrible as it is it's also a very funny thing to happen in an odd way yeah so it's sort of this weird thing where you're like this is awful but funny and i'm laughing and i'm not sure if i should be yeah, but it's, yeah. it's great it really i think it makes it more real yeah, yeah i'm sure i'm sure paddy if you read about someone else having their eyebrow bitten off over a, a curry you'll probably laugh but oh, <laughs> it happened to you it's probably, yeah <laughs> Right, so it's laughable right now. But at the time, it weren't very laughable. No, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. totally <laughs> sure it wasn't. Um, but, but Jack's, Jack's right. You kind of get straight into the book. Jack messaged me when we were reading it. And he was like, "What an intro!" Because we throw straight in when uh, you're talking about uh, your ban from the game for for nine months, wasn't it? You yeah, nine months. Yeah, yeah. You know, some some footballers might start straight away, like, "Oh, here I was as a young kid and that." But you really throw them straight in there. And Jack, Jack, you loved it, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, most. I feel like most books will start with the best moment of, like, the players will say, like, the best moment of my career, or, like, this is the pinnacle. Like, we read Jersey Dudek's book, and he talks about, like, the save in Istanbul. Yeah. And this felt a real, like, this sort of set the tone in a really nice way to be like, no, this is the, I'd say, the worst moment of your career when you thought everything was, was over. It's just such a compelling way to start. Yeah, um, I think I, that was down to uh, Danny, really, because... When we spoke about it, he says, "I, I want to get, him, I want to get people gripped straight away," and I think mm. that would get football fans gripped because they'd be like, "Oh my god, what's gone off?" He's, he's absolutely right. It, re- it, re- it really did. And then you do afterwards go, you know, back through yeah. your, your childhood, growing up. Here's something interesting: you are the first footballer to have their eyebrow bitten off, but you're yeah. not the first footballer book we've read uh, who uh, stole golf balls. When they were oh, kids, right. yeah. can you remember who it was then? Danny Higginbottom. Danny, yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Do you, do you know? Did you do it with Danny Higginbottom? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I recall, but okay. Uh, must just yeah. must get as child as each other then. I used to do that oh. when I was a kid. <laughs> did you? It yeah. was just that little buzz of getting it and running off and not getting caught. <laughs> you got. <laughs> you didn't get much out of it. There's not not much value <laughs> to a golf ball, is it? No. It's not like robbing a post office or at least here. 
<laughs> I'm robbing a golf ball, but get that buzz still out of it. <laughs> yeah. Was that the next step? Do you think it, after oh, the golf balls w- would have been the post office? <laughs> well, at the current where things are now, when I had my baseball cap, when I went into post office the other day and I had my mask on, black hoodie, my baseball cap. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, here we go. It's taken, what, 30 years to go from golf balls to, yeah, rob, robbing the Royal Mail. Um, did you say you used to do that as well, James? You used yeah, to yeah, it's, a, it's an odd thing to do, but when I was a kid, me and my friend used to do it. We used to wait at the bottom and um, watch them tee off, and we'd run on, grab it, and like you say in the book, by the time they run down, there's no chance of catching you. Yeah. But for no real gain. See. We just had bags of golf balls with no... It was just ridiculous. And now see, they- I'm older, I could see how... Annoying no, that would I, be. If I were playing golf and I seen some little lad running on, I would be chasing after him. I'm probably yeah, yeah, well, sure. I I used to work in a pitching putt, and I would have been fuming if any of you turned up. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it'd be me who'd be blamed for not having yeah. the golf balls at the end. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you're, you're in the bad books for that. But um, there's lots of um, there's some great stories about your dad really early on. There's a yeah. there's a he, he seems like a real character. There's a bit right at, uh, right at the beginning. Where I think it's when you're you're not offered a youth contract, oh, uh, really early on in the book, and your dad stood up, booted a chair over, leaned over George's desk, pointing in his face, and said, "I'll prove you wrong, you Scotch." Cunt. It was his exact words. <laughs> exact words. <laughs> I was like that. Oh my god! I love the way he says, I'll, "I'll prove you wrong." Though it's like it's not him who wasn't being offered the contract; it's, yeah. it's you. Who like, how are you going to prove him wrong? It's, I yeah. mean. And also, again, that's another really good bit where it's like a tragic moment in your career where you are turned down for a, you know, for this, uh, and you sort of think that your career is over because you're not going, you've not got into uh, the team, and then immediately undercuts with this hilarious moment with your dad, and then the idea that he was like, as soon as that was over, he was like, right, we're going to the park, get the oh, dog, yeah. we're going to the park, force me as well. Yeah. Did that really help you having a dad who pushed you? Definitely, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, we literally that day went down the park, and he was. T- Used to wear his steel toe caps and he'd just toe poke it. We had one ball, no net, and if it went past me in it net, it'd go about thirty yard down hill and actually run after it, run back. He wouldn't get it. No dick. <laughs> <laughs> he just stood there and toe poked it. Are you the same with your son now, Paddy? With with John Joe? I think yeah, John you mentioned Joe. John Joe. You mentioned he's a goalkeeper, and the um, fatherly tough love carries on in your book. In the sentence you wrote. John Joe, he's a goalkeeper and he reminds me of me at his age. Technically, he's wank. I'm completely <laughs> honest with him about that, <laughs> which I loved. I loved the fact that you called your son. Another reason why they maybe he shouldn't read it quite yet. Yeah, um, just, yeah. Another person you meet on early on in the book uh, who's very important uh, in your progression as a goalkeeper is Mr. Neil Warnock. Who? And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no questions about Neil Warnock. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, okay. It's yeah. going to be a short podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine how your career would have turned out without him? I might not have had one. Do you really think that would have been the case? Yeah, possibly, because obviously, like I said, he he, uh, he was at a game when I played well and took mm-hmm. me on trial for Bury, so who knows? I might not have had a career at all if it were, weren't for him being there at the right time. Yeah, well, that's 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 crazy. To think about, but yeah. he sends you out to Whitby, I Whitby, think, doesn't yeah. he? When you when, when you're young, going out, and you say how cold it is, and Whitby is cold. I've been to oh, Whitby. Yeah. It's cold in summer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> good, good fish and chips, though. Yeah, definitely. Did that you go one to one good thing that come out of it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you, Did you ever go to Dracula's house? No, in Whitby. Uh, you missed out. <laughs> scared. I was scared across. There's a cold Dracula. Okay. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> 
that's that's too good a joke. We're meant to that, try and do the joke. That is that is a properly good joke. Yeah. I'm fuming. Yeah. I'm that before, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I um but Warnock comes across great in this book. You know, he's always yelling at you. Then he's your best mate the next second. He lets you do your QPR medical early, so you're not hungover after a stag do. It's all that. Yeah. He defends you to the death all the way through. He's, he's great. And it's, is he someone that you, um, not just in the changing room, but outside the changing room, do you bond with him? Is he a, is he a mate of yours, would you say? Well, we speak, we'll see him still speak now. We don't speak as much as we used to, obviously. He's busy with Middlesbrough. And, but course, I still do sorry. speak to him. And uh, like I said, we had a very co- close relationship through through all my career. Even when I w- were at different clubs to him, we still spoke. I still called him Gaffer. So, yeah, nice. we've always been like that. Have you ever considered going to join him at Middlesbrough? No, no. Them oh. days are well gone now. They're, dead, they're <laughs> yeah. over now. Okay, shame. Also, Kevin Blackwell's there. So oh, maybe, look at uh... that. Once he's read this, uh, be no <laughs> Actually, this... Last, last time I spoke to Neil, uh, sorry, the gaffer, he, uh, yes. he said to me, he said, when all this is over, come up to Middlesbrough and uh, come and watch a game. I'll bring your missus, have a meal and stay over and all that lot. Oh. But now books out, and once Blackie reads it, I don't I think that'll be crossed <laughs> right off the list. Well, <laughs> so did have Neil Warnock and Kevin Blackwell? Because in the book, you know, there's a little bit of uh, drama between them. You mentioned have they have they made up now? Yeah, uh, obviously took him to Cardiff and Middlesbrough. So oh, I'm Rotherham, so he took him to Rotherham, Cardiff. Yes, and Middlesbrough, true. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, obviously they've made up. But there was a certain part where a point in through through the uh, when we were at QPR and they he were at. Sheffield United and got the sack. We beat mm-hmm. we beat him three 0 at Bramall Lane. The second game of the season, he got the sack, and he were over the moon. He were over the moon that he got the sack. We were so At that point, they weren't very close. They obviously must have lost the friendship, but obviously they've got it back together now. Yeah, they've been friends for a long time. Obviously, Black used to playing goal for him originally. Mm. So, were you ever worried um, Phil Jagielka might steal your place at Sheffield United? <laughs> I was after, after a Millwall game when I. I don't know, you obviously must have seen the video and then I'm in the change I don't know if you've seen it, I'm in the changing room and we've come from one nil down after I got sent off at half time for fighting it tunnel. And uh we said there and uh, he's, he's turned around and he went, We don't need you no more, Padder. We've got Jack now. <laughs> but let's to give it a bit of context, uh, Neil Warren doesn't like having goalkeepers on the bench, people a lot of football fans will probably remember that. Yeah, um, uh, only when it were like five subs. He'd rather have five strikers on than us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but once he went to seven I think he thought, I'm going to have to have a keeper on now. Yeah, he's got to. Yeah, yeah. It must have been uh, stressful being a second goalkeeper in a Warnock squad. If you're the first keeper, True. it's fine. But if you're yeah. a second goalkeeper and you're knowing that a centre-back is above you in the pecking order and you're not even in the squad, <laughs> it must be so stressful. Well, that's what I mean. They had to, had to travel. They were still travelling and they oh, were out then. <laughs> because what if I got injured or in warm-up or come ill overnight? So, yes. Yeah, you were like... You're not, you're not putting Phil in. Yeah. It's, was, so was, was Phil Giagielka generally a very good goalkeeper? Could he have been a keeper, do you I think? I think every position, wasn't he? he played, when I played with him, he played in goal, centre-half, right-back, centre-mid. Could you could you have played centre-back if he got injured? <laughs> <laughs> could, could you have done the same thing? I, back? I, when we lost toss at start game and I run full length at pitch to change ends, I were blowing out my backside. Don't worry about that. So imagine someone turning me and I've got a quick strike having to run after him. Nah. Can't see that happening. No. I don't be like, beep, beep, Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, just uh, last thing on uh, Neil Warnock. Do you mind if I read? It's one of my favourite parts of any of the books I've read, but also possibly the only time my stomach has totally turned 
uh, reading any any footballer's autobiography. Do you mind? Do you mind if I read it? You can read whatever you want. It's in there. Okay. <laughs> this is in the uh, changing room. Uh, yeah, that's United. Enough. There you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I get the gist. <laughs> I, th- I think so. you might know the bit I'm going. For. I think you might know the bit I'm going for. Um, Warnock was a lot calmer later in his career when he worked at QPR and Rotherham, but at Bury and United, I saw him lose it completely. At United, he developed this unnerving habit of getting undressed while he was shouting at us. He would be standing there naked still going and then he would get a towel and fuck off into the shower we could hear him shouting at us from the shower and then he'd come out and dry himself down he'd reach into his bag and pull out some pile cream before cocking his leg up on the bench and wiping the cream on his ass throughout all this he was still grilling at us for whatever we'd done wrong in the game sometimes it went on for half an hour after the game we'd be sat there looking anywhere other than him wiping cream onto his ass sat in our full kit until he told us to fuck off and get out of his sight (laughs) How and many times is, did you see him oh, do that? I couldn't count. I couldn't remember. <sighs> it was just like just a thing that I ended up falling asleep looking at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that haunts your dreams to this yeah, day. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Oh my I, I think that's, that's the bit of the book where I really felt like I was in the dressing room with you. Yeah, like I really, I felt like it was a 3D full experience. I could definitely visualize it, and uh, for that, I I hate you. Do managers often get undressed with the players as well? Because there's a story we read about. No, they don't. Just oh, no, I know. Because you said a different story. You were going to say. Well, there's a story with um, Tony Pulis where he yeah. famously naked headbutt uh, James Beattie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, obviously you played with BT at Sheffield United, yeah. so I, I think that is true, that story. But... I, never, I, I don't know how true it is, but obviously I've heard the story. Yeah. So just, just Tony Pulis and Neil Warnock do it that. It looks like it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job, isn't it? We don't want them all doing it, do we? No, yeah. that's, that's very true. I think if you asked me what two managers do that, they would be the um, two people I would guess yeah. anyway. But of course, you're at Sheffield United, that's where you got your, your big break. People thought you were called Kenny Paddy as well. Yeah, that were uh, that were the captain at the end of the season when uh, we got I got the player of the year. Uh, Robert Page, he uh, who I'm really good friends with, who took me to Northampton as goalkeeping coach. Mm-hmm. He uh, he got up on stage and he went. He said he did this speech and he just says Paddy's deserved this. But to be fair, when we first signed him, we, we, we all thought his name was Kenny Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for that. <laughs> I never spoke to anyone for the first season, so I probably could have thought it with that. There's actually an interesting thing about that, like what? Because you're sort of a very, you know, in the rest of the book, you're very vocal and very like outspoken. What was the moment that that sort of changed for you? Like where you sort yeah. of went from being like quite a, a shy and reserved guy. Was there a sort of moment that made you like more outspoken? No, I won't say there were a moment. I just think it come with experience. Okay, um, well. obviously uh, being comfortable where I were and my surroundings. And all of a sudden, just becoming one of the main lads in the dressing room, all of a sudden, and yeah, the experience comes and confidence comes. And, and I was settled at a club that I loved and, and were loved by everyone there as well. So, yeah, so I probably, there were a significant point when I thought, oh, that's when I changed. It was just sure. in general. Was it a hard club to kind of, uh, you know, grow a lot of confidence in the dressing room? Because it seems like there's a lot of big characters. You mentioned in the book, like Michael Brown and Rob Rob Kosluck. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, there was. Obviously, like I said, my first year or so, I was quite as a mouse. We had... Uh, Robert Page, there were, loads, there were loads of others, do you know what I mean? Mm, that were Chris Morgan. Yeah. More, well, Morse come second year, so yeah, so okay. my second season, sorry. So yeah, so there were big characters and 
obviously I turned into one of them. Obviously, I got older and more experienced. I love how I love how you go from being timid and quiet to telling Roy Keane to fuck off. <laughs> like, it's quite a it's quite a turnaround. Yeah, it was massively, especially when you give me that depth. Yeah, you shouted at him on the pitch on a training match, and he said. And I quote, your fucking keeper, Keane began. I fucking love him. He's had a right go at me today. I love all that shit. And he walked off laughing while Alan Quinn breathed a sigh of relief. Um, do you think that's the best way to go with um, with Roy Keane? Well, it worked, the... it worked that day for me, didn't it? So lucky enough, obviously, <laughs> it must have been in a good mood that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you see what he's like on telly nowadays. But, uh... Well, we saw, we saw Jurgen Klopp do it the other day. He kind of uh, stood up to Roy Keane a bit. In, uh, I'm not yeah. sure if you saw it on, on Monday Night Football. No, I've heard something about it, but I've not seen it. Yeah. He's Did it, you well, give him advice? Think... <laughs> yeah, do it over, over mic. <laughs> recorded in it, it's recorded, not face to face. Is is he as is he as scary as as everyone says he is, Roy Keane? Uh, no, he seemed he seemed all right. To be fair, when I were with him in Ireland, he was he obviously come back after everything that had gone off with the World Cup with Mick McCarthy mm. and I, in two thousand and two. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it was it was it was um, it was brilliant for everyone to have him around. Do you know what I mean? Because he was an unbelievable player and oh, of course, uh, and. Yeah, and he loved it. He was fiery as hell, which you expect. But like I said, I had that go in that day, and he uh, luckily enough he uh, accepted it, and we're buzzing off it. So it was a sigh of relief afterwards. And Quinny told me, I'm like, ooh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's probably still fuming to this day about that, Paddy. Yeah. It's, so it's, yeah. very, it's very stocked away somewhere in the back of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> But another person who always mentioned, uh, who often pops up in books that we've read, is Adi Akinbayi. He seems to pop up in everyone's book for some reason. Are you, are you mates with Adi? No, I was when he was there. I got on really well with him. He was a nice bloke. We had the same sort of physique, do you know what I mean? So Sure. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you get a chance, can you tell him to write a book? Because he's in everyone else's. So. Yeah. So we used yeah. to pose together in front of mirror at gym and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was the muscly one, I was the cuddly one. Yeah. Okay, nice, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was a nice bloke, that's the thing. He was a really nice bloke, Addy was. Yeah, people have had some stories and some other uh, ones. But, well, um... but you wouldn't want an Edlock off him, I know that. No, I, 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 please yeah. don't ask him to do that yeah. to us. Like, not, I won't say anything more about yeah. it. Right, let's see. Um, th- there is um, my favourite character... At Sheffield United, I say characters though they are like I mean, it's, it's weird thinking about a book and as this, but there's a guy at Sheffield United called Wilco de Vogt that you mentioned, goalkeeper, Dutch goalkeeper, yeah. um, uh, beneath uh, Phil Jagielka in the pecking order, um, <laughs> and he, um, who you said in the book, he struggled to concentrate because he talked about porn all the time. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Please, please tell us more. Obviously, back in them days, you, it were all on videos, or you didn't, you didn't, couldn't just access online and get stuff like that. <laughs> and he'd come in training, we're trying to do, trying to do like a volley, and he'd be going, "Oh, watch this really good one last night called Jolly Hockey Sticks." <laughs> like Jolly Hockey Sticks. <laughs> <laughs> What, so did he like? Was he like asking for recommendations? I'd be like, I'd and be stuff? like, like try to catch these balls. Big game on Saturday. You know, all I can picture is. What's happening in Jolly Hockey's? <laughs> <laughs> so he, he just, there was nothing else. He'd, he just would just bring it up oh, unprompted. Loved it, yeah, loved it. That's so you... weird. Has wow. he been like, I suppose he's been replaced by, you know, Google now in terms of. <laughs> yes, His life must it. be amazing these yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and also now I'm imagining like if you merge uh, Jolly Hockey Sticks with um, the Warnock uh, cream oh, video. Wow. Yeah, sorry, oh, sorry, everyone. Don't know why I said that. that. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a search no one's doing on well, Pornhub. My, my signal's going. 
But at Sheffield United, obviously, you had some of the best years of your career. And, I mean, the, the season when Sheffield United were fighting on three fronts, long run in the FA Cup, the League Cup, um, got to the playoff final, obviously, sadly didn't win. I mean, how was that? How was it being part of that season? It was crazy. Obviously, I'd do my first season there. I'd, I'd gone there uh, not even knowing if I were going to play. I knew I, mm. I knew I had a chance of starting because uh, Simon Tracy was coming back from injury, which he never managed to, unfortunately, never come back. Sure. So I ended up playing all season. And to go there and... My first home game, there were like 13,000 there. And within a couple of months, we're playing in front of 28,000 because we were yeah, doing that crazy, well. And it, it was mental. And it was just, it was a crazy, it, it was an amazing season without achieving out, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah. It just sounds stupid. But Sheffield United had struggled and what Neil had been trying to keep him up for a few seasons when he got mm-hmm. there. Uh, and then all of a sudden, to do to get to a playoff final and, and league and FA Cup semi finals, and beat a lot of Premier League teams along the way were absolute. It was just, it was like a dream. It were it were ridiculous. What we're sure. going was that? Was there any memory that really sticks out as a really fond memory? During uh, I remember the Leeds one, the Leeds match. We were one nil down. I think it was the League Cup one, the first one. We were one nil down, and we scored two in injury time. Jag scored from about hundred yard. It was in goal actually. <laughs> He shot from about 40 yards and it, 45 yards and it great strike. And then we wow. managed to nick it. I think Peter Rundlove scored last kick at game. And obviously, York, my first Yorkshire derby, and I didn't realise how big or how much of a big clash that was for Sheffield United and Leeds. And to for come sure. out of that, and they were Premier League at the time as well, and to come out 2 1 win, yes. that was like a massive one. That. Well, that was when Leeds United were around the Champions League, probably around that time. Yeah, it was. It as well? yeah, 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 which is yeah, good. That, players, that's what I mean. To beat them, and then we beat them as well in the FA Cup as well, one nil. Wow! So to beat them twice in both cups was crazy. It took its toll on us because we were literally mm. playing twice a week all season, you know, because of the cup run. I remember playing Arsenal in the FA Cup in the uh, Old Trafford and losing one nil, and obviously Seaman when he made that ridiculous save, and mm-hmm. and we were playing on the Tuesday. And that were on the Sunday, and we didn't even train on the Monday. One, it just said, "Turn up, we'll see. I'll see you at the game on Tuesday." Because because <laughs> the bad. lads were just on the feet. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And we went, we turned up and beat Forest one 0 That's how crazy it was. Yeah. I mean, with the with obviously the schedule now very tight because of uh, coronavirus. Like, I mean, a lot of teams are going to have to do that now. Do you have any? That's very ad- true. Advice for any players about how to deal with that kind of fixture, like overload or. I think it depends what level, doesn't it? Because obviously Premier League, they've got bigger squads, haven't they? And it's going to, for the teams like lower down the pyramid, it's going to be harder for them because they aren't, they haven't got the the size of the squads that the Premier League have got. So it's going to be really difficult for them. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned there was a bit of a knock-on effect from having such a good season. Do you think there's ever so slightly there's a slight chance the Sheffield United could have the same thing this year? Because obviously they were amazing last season in the Premier League. You know they were fifth for a lo- for a long point in the yeah. season, you, and obviously they've had a bit of a tricky start to the season this year. Do you think maybe the same thing could be happening? Yeah, possibly. I, f- I just think they were on such a good run before all this coronavirus kicked in, mm-hmm. uh, and and then it took its toll. I think they didn't. I think they didn't win for four or five games straight after it, and. And then obviously they then they picked up a little bit and they dropped off again. Yeah, then then they beat Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, but then obviously Bramall Lane's a fortress, and if you've got thirty thousand there, it's massive for them. And all of a sudden now you're playing that league. They had Leeds last week, and true behind closed doors, it's just not got the same effect for me. And it must be so mm. so difficult for players to try and perform out there at the level they normally would do. Yes, I, I think you're absolutely. Would you have struggled to play with no crowd there? 
it would be probably the first game I wouldn't have been called a fat bastard. Or it would have been better. Kenny Kenny would have shagged your wife or you're a drug guy. <laughs> Fucking hell, I'd have been loving it now. I'd have been known. <laughs> but, but that spurred you on, right, didn't it? Getting, no, that's what I'm saying. I loved all that. So, yeah, I, I used to I used to get the buzz before a game when I clear the crowd and the yeah. tunnel. And obviously that's not there now. And it must be difficult. And like I said, I used to get the grief and I used to bounce off that grief. And sure. we want to perform better and prove people wrong. And obviously that wouldn't be happening now. So I don't, it'd be probably difficult for me right now. Or one other thing as well. Of course. Goalkeepers play out from the back a lot now. I couldn't do that. Okay. <laughs> Warner, get it forward. Get it forward. Yeah. What, what do you think? Do you think uh, Guardiola would, uh, would, would you be the first on his shopping list? <laughs> no, I'd have been like Joe Hart out on backside. <laughs> <laughs> and gone to Spurs. Paddy, you mentioned the uh, the chance there that you used to thrive off it a bit. Did you, did you ever consider calling the book, You Fat Bastard? It's quite a good title. Do you know what? It was the first thing we thought of. Was really? But, yes, but then when we sat down and spoke about it, Danny says, would shops want to sell it with that? Oh, yeah, yes. the with that, do you know what I mean? That was by your fifth cappuccino. You were like... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> but it is great It is great that you kind of responded to that because just for full disclosure of the podcast, uh, we spent the 10 minutes before this recording calling Paddy a fat bastard so we could try and... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just to get him G'd up for this recording. But, uh, yeah. it, it's really worked, yeah. i got to say. Yeah. We might do it for all of our recordings now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One question I have from the book. You mentioned Dean Windass wiping his ass next to the tea at the Belfry yeah. in oh. the book. Um, yeah. <laughs> is, 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 there pretty, is that pretty much... The entirety of the story is there any yeah, reason well, why he was doing before that? Before that playoff final, obviously, you know, like you, you have two weeks when you're winning the semi final, you have like nearly two weeks before okay. you have a game. So, normally, the club take you away or do whatever and try just try pass a bit of time on because just to train for two weeks at the end of a long season is so difficult to keep keep going when there's no game around. Uh, so, you normally try to get away. And we, they took us to Belfry for a few days and mm-hmm. I think we'd, mm-hmm. had a, we'd had a training session and then, we, and then he let us have a a day where we, that night when we could get drunk and we ended up in Bel Air, which is a nightclub uh, at the Belfry, and we were all a bit worse for wear anyway. And then on that golf game, the rule we all had beers and in buggies going round, and and it were uh, it were a sh- everyone had to neck a shot on every par three. So obviously, by the time he got to tenth, or I think it's famous tenth at Belfry, time yeah. Dino got there, I think he'd have been wasted again because he was just topping up from the night before anyway. He probably might not remember it. And so, what was he? Is he just wiping his eyes? Did he go to the toilet there, or what? Yeah, he had a oh. shit on tonight, didn't he? So, <laughs> <laughs> just got nice. all it landed it. Uh, I wish Look, I hadn't J- asked that question, James. You thought. wanted to know, you wanted to I know, and know. you got the answer. You can't yeah. be upset. I got everything I wanted from this. Did you? Did you nick any golf balls that trip, Paddy? <laughs> no, but if anyone had nicked mine, a lot would have gone off. Okay. <laughs> sure. I, I um, really like your uh, your golf stories because you talk about when you first went to Sheffield United, you nearly ran Michael Brown over with a golf co- uh, golf cart as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't think Warner could have thought it was amazing, would it? <laughs> it's just such a great yeah, way I mean, to introduce I mean, yourself. Twenty odd goals at season gone missing. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very right, true. Kenny, you're playing up front. Come on, <laughs> no, Jags, Jags yeah. playing up front. <laughs> another another reformer clubs. Uh, Leeds obviously played Sheffield United uh, last weekend, as you mentioned. Uh, are you surprised Leeds turned things around? Because in, in the book, you write about them. You know, things sound like a total mess when you were there. 
And that wasn't, it wasn't that long ago. It was, what, five, seven, eight years ago? Yeah, I do, I, obviously when I were there, there were, I think there were three lots of owners and never, none of them were ever right for the club. Mm. Uh, it was a difficult time. Obviously, they've changed things around now. They've got good owners, good manager. Mm. Obviously, got a good team and good squad now. So uh, it just shows that if you get the right people in charge and the clubs run right, obviously... Leeds is a massive club in it. They're all massive. they are a Premier League club, and I know they say it, and no one's got a divine right to be in the Premier League. But I think to have them back there is, uh, is massive, and uh, and it just just from the club being run right for the last couple of years has made a massive difference. But that didn't seem like something that was that was on the table at all when you were there. It felt, oh, felt like a while off. Did it sound like it buying your own trainers, <laughs> bringing your own dinner in? I couldn't yeah. believe that bringing your own dinner in—that was crazy. So it was uh, Salino, never, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. So petty, everything they were doing, penny pinching. I just—I said I did an interview over there uh, yesterday or the day before, and I just said I couldn't believe. Why would you buy Leeds United and then penny pinch? I just don't, yeah. why would you even do it? I don't get it. No, buying a football team isn't going to be the way that you're going to make your money. What by not buying trainer socks? I'll put. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll make a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you do with your business at the moment, Paddy? You say no socks. No one's having any socks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't believe it's no dinner. Okay. <laughs> but you must, as a kid, if you'd been told that you were going to go to Leeds United, that would have been huge. You must have thought. So in a way, was it a bit disappointing, really? But, yeah, it? obviously. I'm an Halifax boy and everyone I know, mm. my son's a Leeds fan and everyone I know in Halifax are Leeds fans. Uh, and obviously when, when Neil took over and, and the opportunity come, QPR, more or less told, well, did tell me I could leave. Uh, when the opportunity come to go to Leeds, it were, I was like buzzing. Absolute, couldn't believe it. Of course, or if Warnock can get going, what he got going at QPR, and and my first year at Sheffield United, then anything could happen because uh, it's a massive club. But unfortunately, the way it were run, it just weren't run right. A huge shame with that. But um, you know, there was plenty of other clubs where you had uh, you know incredible moments at uh, QPR. Going through the book, there are some truly amazing incidents that you're privy to. All the way through. So, of course, you've got the, the drug ban, of course, which you mentioned. But also, Sheffield United were obviously uh, massively involved with the Carlos Tevez incident, which was, I mean, it must have been a nightmare playing around that. The Anton Ferdinand-John Terry incident happened uh, during a QPR match. And the Aguero goal, as you call it, the most famous game uh, in Premier League history. Well, one of the many. We interviewed Perry Groves. And he said, uh, obviously, uh, Perry was on the pitch when Arsenal beat Liverpool in the famous... Uh, uh, Michael Thomas yeah. Uh, yeah. match when he's when he scored in the last minute and he was because I said to him he said he said he said that was the most famous moment in you know English top flight history and I said oh what about Aguero and he went no it's not the same do, do, are you do, I just think you, the difference as with me is it was the two Manchester clubs the de- yeah. obviously do you know it was the derby it was it wasn't like Liverpool Arsenal's obviously London club and a right Northern club North club but whereas it were the two Manchester clubs that were fighting it. Do you know, yes. I mean, that's the difference for me. If you ask me, what, why that's I mean, so important? We're trying to start a beef with Perry Groves between <laughs> yeah, you and Perry Groves. So. <laughs> so that's the difference I have between the a few options. That was definitely just because it were the two Manchester clubs. And My, because also it went well for both the clubs on the pitch. And so obviously yeah. QPR were delighted because you stayed up. At the yeah, we time. stayed up, and I think that gets taken away a lot from the fact that. Man City won the league. We won our last five game, home games of the season. People forget about that. And mm. we beat Liverpool 3 2, having been 2 0 down, scored three in the last 10 minutes. Then we beat Tottenham 2 1. Then we beat Arsenal 1 0. And it was like mm. they were three out of the five home games that we won, the last five. And it was ridiculous what we achieved in the yes. last few games. I think I'm the only human being 
uh, in the world who didn't watch either of those Manchester matches that game. I got uh, I got Spurs versus West Brom or something up on, oh, on, like, on, a, on, on a dodgy stream. That mid-table clash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we were we were we were fighting for fourth or fifth that year. I think, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, was, that, I, was that um, QPR Liverpool game um, the one when Sebastian Quartes scored that? Was that, were you, was like that, that game? Pick. I think yeah, that was a three-two game. Yeah, yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, was it? That was to make it two-nil, I think. Yeah, it was a he great scored a crazy goal. red kick. Yeah, yeah. So, was that you? Was it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> can you remember? It? Can you remember? Yeah, it? I do remember it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's mad. He, and he was rubbish. He did Drop nothing it, James. else. Drop he it, did, James. He did nothing hey, else. Hey. Um, he was terrible, but that was a brilliant James, goal. you're rubbing it in, James. Yeah. Pa- Paddy, do you remember this one horrible thing that happened during that season that you really enjoyed? I forgot about it. They won the game. They won the game. They won the game. It's fine. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Can I ask you about um, another ch- as a as a Spurs fan? Another chap, uh, QPI. You talk a lot about Adele Tarapt. I love Tarapt at Spurs. In the book, you have a quite a bit of fondness for him, but you also say he could be a bit of a knobhead, um, and he was way too good for QPR all the time. Was he? Do you think Warnock deserves a lot of credit for how he managed him? At the club? He, he does, yeah, because I, uh, there were one point in the season we were, I forget who we were playing with an away game on it. It was an evening match, and he called like me, Sean Derry, Clint Earl. Ida Elgson, the senior pros, the, you know, into the into went up to his hotel room uh, just so could watch him put his cream on. No, I'm only messing. 
Chip, it shows a new technique you were trying. Yeah, wow. <laughs> That's why I trapped him on turn up to training. <laughs> yeah. And I think Goodell had just been doing what he was, coming in for training. Not to, lads were coming in and he weren't coming in. But he was producing on pitch and, and he got us in and he just... Lads were like trying to start to lose their heads with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he got us in and he just said, lads, please, please stick with him. Don't knock him out or out. I need him on side. He will be the difference between us getting promoted or not. And he says, you do. And we ended, we all just sat there and we thought, go on, it's your, you're the manager, we'll go with it. And, uh, and yeah, and that's just another, another way he man- managed to get all us on, on his side to make sure we didn't start losing his heads with him as well. Are, are you surprised that he's gone on to be, because the last couple of seasons, he's been like a, a tough tackling defensive midfielder for Benfica. Well, I've seen some things of him on Instagram. He looks fit as a fiddle now, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I'm guessing that's, I, 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 he disappeared basically yeah. from on my radar totally, and now he's come back as this, you know, Roy Keane like t- type player, effectively. And it's <laughs> so when, I mean, when we had him at QPI, it was unbelievable. Honestly, when he wanted to be, he was unplayable. Sure. The best player I played with club football anyway. It was oh. frightening. Did you play with him when he scored that goal, which was you know one of the best ever championship goals? And he ran from his own half and dribbled past everyone and whacked it in for about twenty yards. That was, was every that? week. Was he yeah, true. <laughs> I can't remember him every week, honestly. <laughs> true. What was the difference between him and Colin Kazim Richards? Because you mentioned yes. in the book. Um, oh, the, you mean the Kazman? Yeah, the Kazman, <laughs> yeah. Or Kaz- Kazim Kazim, I think he was called for a bit as well. Oh, wow. What, what was the difference? Because he was also a bit of a, uh, you know, a tricky player at times. and uh, he, But he rubbed you up the wrong way, it seemed. Yeah, he, he was nowhere near as good as Adele. No, okay. We were totally different levels, but... Yeah, there were just a few things happened with Colin. A few times with with coming in with uh, his t- a picture of himself on a t-shirt, Casman on his training kit. I just didn't like things like that. He like as we were having himself. Well, he was. Kazma, did he have to put that on himself? No, he Kazma. got man to do it, so he didn't put that- a number on his training kit. I can't Problem believe Neil Warnock allowed that. <laughs> I, I really, I can really imagine myself doing that if I became a professional footballer. That's the problem. <laughs> Not call myself, I'd call myself like Burn Man. Or like, you know, it would have that to make catchy. sense. Yeah. No, it works. Burn Man. And I have a picture of my face on my own shirt. Nah. I would sponsor a club with my own face. Well, I would draw all over it like I did his. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair, Paddy. Obviously, you had uh, some amazing highlights as a player domestically, and you played for your country as well. Is that, is that a regret at all? That you know, it doesn't seem like it seems like it was out of your hands. But do you regret not having made more appearances for Ireland? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, obviously, when I when I stopped playing for Ireland, I'd asked for a, a couple of squads out because I was going through a lot of problems mm. off the pitch yes. as well. So try to sort all that out. I was losing my family, who'd moved back to Halifax. Uh, obviously, then the eye incident happened. And, there were a lot of things going off and I felt like when I look back now, I felt like they didn't back me up a little bit because mm. I were a human being at the end of the day, you make mistakes. I made I made a few mistakes, like the fight. I shouldn't have put myself in that position. Obviously, I couldn't do about the family stuff, but it was stuff that were I would try to deal with myself, which I'm quite a strong character. I'm a strong character. I can deal with mm-hmm. things. Uh, but I just asked for a bit of time out. I didn't say I didn't want to ever play a game and I just never got called up again. So, yeah, it was disappointing. I mean, That's you're very, sad. very, very frank with a lot of your personal experiences in the book and you know some some of them are the some of the the best bits in there and some of the things you go through as well I I I don't understand how you concentrated on football at all I know you said you had to take some time out of the island squad but you know the things with your kids which you talk about in there and worrying about not being able to see them and stuff it's 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 heart-wrenching I think yeah and I think uh the guy Neil helped me out a lot because 
when all that happened with my family, uh, I remember him telling me to not play that first weekend. And we were playing mm. Man City, actually, away. We, we drew, we, basically, he said, don't play this weekend. And, we, and I'm like, no, no, I need to be out there. Uh, and then he just said, well, I'll tell you what, then, after the game on Saturday, don't come in until Thursday. Get you sent away. Go away somewhere for three or four nights or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I played against Man City, which always, clean sheet, which always helps. I went away with my cousin to Marbella and, and come back and felt, felt like I'd, uh, that helped me out massively. Do you know what I mean? Because I went away, yes. had a few beers, took my mind off it. Uh, and then it was straight back into it. So, But that's how I dealt with things. I, I tried putting stuff to the back of my mind and just getting on with it. Has that always been the case, even since football as well? Because you talk about depression, quite frankly, mm. in this book. Um, really, really, I mean, to me, the last, the, the very end of the book is you talk about quite a few other footballers and other people's experiences with depression. And it's really, um, there's, it's, it's a big issue, especially at the moment in, in for everyone, not just for footballers, but with a lot of people, you know, coming to the end of their careers and losing that routine um it seems like a lot of players struggle with that and obviously you've thrown yourself into a totally different uh you've you've kind of got yourself your own business you say you don't miss football that much but did you find it easy to make that transition no at first no because uh, after I, after i finished I went, I went to northampton and spent seven months there uh, as goalkeeping coach and and when i first left that for seven months i didn't do nothing at all uh mm-hmm. Apart from take my dog for a walk, go golf and get pissed, that was my life. And it were it weren't a good weren't in a good place. Even though I felt to myself, oh I'm all right, or you know one of them, innit? I'm fine. Yeah. And a friend of mine who I don't speak to now who set up his transport company, he said, Don't take this wrong way, but I think you need a purpose in life to get up. You need to come and why don't you come and do a bit of driving for me? Get you out of the house and get you up in the morning. Uh and uh, it went from there really, and that's probably when it started to turn a little bit. Went and worked for him and all of a sudden, all my, my stuff from my second ex-wife and getting stuff got sorted then with kids. And then all of a sudden, I set up mm-hmm. me, ended up setting up my own business. And, and, and then, like I said, everything just sort of turned from there. And, and I'm in a good place now. I don't, I don't miss football because I don't miss week. I love having the weekends to myself now. <laughs> I might sound stupid. I just love having weekends to myself. Like I said, I've got my business. So that's Monday to Friday. And then I know, right, weekends to myself, happy days. Uh, do you mind just telling the listeners uh, what your business is? It's a transport company, uh, logistics, uh, car transport, basically transporting cars around the around the country, new dealerships to customers. So yeah, I really enjoy it. I like I like my own company. I like listening to talk sports, smooth radio <laughs> one, and off I go, and I love it. And I'm all, I'm all around country every day. Mellow magic. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> List some other uh, other uh, radio stations you like. Uh, Kistery. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit of history sure why not? Um, i mean yeah i, I think the way, just the, the the way i think you sort of deal with it throughout i mean because you've had so many you know difficult moments throughout your career and your your life in general um but the way you talk about how neil warnock sort of deals with it he seems to be very mature about like letting players make their own decisions or like letting players um like sort of you know you talk about like oh if you if you do well in this game then you can have Monday off or you can have Tuesday off and like do you think that's the right the like the right way to go? Yeah, rather than having like lots of structure. I think so. Me, me, it worked for Neil and it worked for me. Obviously, everyone's different, aren't they? Uh, I, I, I loved his man management side of it. He, that's how he dealt with me so well. He knew he he once said to me when I signed for Leeds, I sat in his office. I said, "Why do you keep signing me?" <laughs> Laughing and joking. <laughs> And he just said to me, he says, I know what I'm going to get from you on pitch, week in, week out. I know 
what I'm going to get. He says, and obviously off the pitch, I know there could be a, a car crash coming now and again, but <laughs> he says, I've got to accept that because I know I can trust you on the pitch. So <laughs> that's how we were. It's a shame he never went to Mange Island. <laughs> I might yeah, not that imagine. Got, man, got rid of Shea Man, given man like United or Liverpool. <laughs> or Spurs. Yeah, oh, well, here we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> Any regrets in your career at all? Ed, do you ever wish you, you know, tried your luck in a league abroad or anything like that? No, not really. I, I think you, you can't have regrets, can you? No. It's, it's all, my, all my things that have gone off in my life have happened for a reason. I wouldn't have been there to probably do this book if it if I wouldn't have had some of the stories that have gone off and some of the dramas in my life. So, no, I've got no regrets. Whatsoever. Okay. You That's say good. that, but some uh, books we've read have literally two stories in them and they stretch it out. So <laughs> yeah. It's doable. It's you, yeah, you'd have you found could, a way. You could have written this book with half the things you have in there, Paddy. It's, it's yeah. true. I, um, I'd be honest, th- you, you could have got a second book out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been done out a bit more. Yeah. Um, Paddy, a word you use in the book a lot is uh, shithouse. You use that a lot in the book. Who was the biggest shithouse you played with or you played against? Ooh. You put me on the spot, spot. Now, Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you mentioned Kevin Musket a bit and another person who pops up in our books, Danny Dicchio, lobs a Lucas A bottle at you. Yeah, written me over the head with it, yeah. He weren't yeah, even involved but... in the game. He had a suit on. <laughs> he weren't even involved. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, that's not on. What is a shithouse? What's the, what's the Paddy Kane definition? Someone who does that behind your back when you're not expecting it. <laughs> It's so, like when I had that fight in that curry house with my mate, uh, John Joe. So he, when it first started, he hit me from behind. It's a shit house thing to do, isn't it? Agreed, agreed. So it's, you it's know, dickhead behaviour. I'm going to toe with him and do it. Okay, I see. <laughs> not from behind. I'm not having that. That is a shit house. Yeah. Lobber, lobber Lucas Aid. <laughs> yeah, and the dictionary, by the way. Can you get that put in the dictionary? <laughs> shit house. Sure. Uh, yeah. Well, well, can get it from behind? <laughs> I think you think our connections with the literary world are far greater than they actually are. <laughs> oh, right. I don't, I don't know the people at the dictionary. No. Um, just a few really uh, quick fire questions. Toughest player you played against? Uh, I hear these ones. I'm okay. Not... I'll <laughs> drop them. Wrote, Don't you worry. You could have told me this beforehand and I never wrote them down. Hardest <laughs> eh? player. Who, who was the best player you played with? Adele Tarrant. Who was the uh, best player you played against? Ooh. A few, weren't they? Ronaldo. Well, you said you've got a, sh- you've got a video on your phone, you say. Yeah, of, the uh, same, mate. Yeah. Can we watch it? I'll send it to you. Please do. Thank oh, you. I can't wait because... To we last week we had we read Grant Holt's uh, autobiography and he said that a swan invaded the pitch and we couldn't find any footage of it. Right. So, so we 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 need that footage. We need proof. <laughs> and who who was the biggest liability on a night out, Paddy, that you played with? Me. <laughs> <laughs> By a country mile. Okay. <laughs> Eric Gira, Alan Quinn, any of them. They're all trouble. Yeah. It really, it really, really is a brilliant book, and we loved it, didn't we, guys? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I've, been, I've just got my, te- I've just got my text through. Just got a text of the video. Oh, I've seen two videos. <laughs> One's from when I were in Portugal a few weeks ago. I didn't mean to send you that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it was from Portugal, and it weren't a rude one. <laughs> Shit. God, I'm getting a lot of, uh, a lot of value from this. Uh, this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> send that on. There uh, you go. You're watching it. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. I'll watch it. I'll... The Portugal one. If you listen to the uh, commentary, though, they're going on about Ronaldo, 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 and then at the end they go, wasn't a bad save, neither. <laughs> yeah. Not fair. Unbelievable. Ronaldo. If that was Sebastian Quattes, um, that was going right in the bottom corner. No. <laughs> Why do you keep bringing it up, James? Come on. They won the game. They won the game. 
Um, just got a, a few questions we had sent in from our listeners, Paddy, if you don't mind answering them. Yeah. Uh, well, one uh, from a guy called Stephen Hall on Twitter says, why did you really leave the Blades? I, th- I think Stephen should read the book, to be honest. Yeah, but... I think the answer that's in the book, isn't it? <laughs> Agreed. And, it, and it's the truth. And it's, it's a very compelling reason too, but you're not going to find out, yeah. Stephen, yeah. until you buy it. Um, Gordo <laughs> on Twitter asks, did you ever get fed up of going to training and looking at Michael Brown? <laughs> I guess that's because you played with them at a lot of clubs. Yeah, but I didn't just stare at him, did I? I didn't just stare at him. What's wrong with him? like, I will crush you with that golf cart someday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rotterdam White says, um, would Paddy have looked forward to pre-season training under Bielsa? Not a prayer. <laughs> I want to take pre-season out of it. Any training with him, because I'm sure they train three times a day sometimes. Yes. No, listen, a quick hour used to do me. That was it. So you, you, you wouldn't fancy being in that team at all? No chance. Three <laughs> times a day. <laughs> but do you, do, you, do you think, like, if you had that chance to play for, you know, I mean, you've played some, under some great managers, but if you had a chance to play under a, you know, a Bielsa or a Guardiola with a very different system, you, you wouldn't enjoy that, trying something different? Oh, yeah, possibly. I think, obviously, I tell that. I don't know if I tell the story in the book about Oi Keane when he wanted me to pass it to him. Playing oh. out from the back, and 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 uh, I didn't dare do it because I was used to kicking it long. Yes, obviously, obviously, if you get practice it and you get used to playing out from back, and you've got the players that can do it, then yeah, obviously, and well, I like that. But Tiki Tiger was at the end of my career because I'd whacked that many balls. Right, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Just rolled it out centre half in me in my penalty area now and let him pitch. <laughs> I'm happy days do for me that. That got years out of me. So, so you're saying these these players who who like play out from the back, they're lazy. They're, they're the goalies. The, yeah, uh, the goalies. Yeah, are... I used to whack fifty balls a game up that pitch. I don't think we do one nowadays, do <laughs> Proper goalkeeping. Yeah. yeah. And finally, your publisher Danny asked, "How did you enjoy working with them?" Oh, it were horrible, honestly. <laughs> I'm, I was just so glad because when we first started it, I used to have to meet him in an hotel and we used to do it there face to face. It was so much better than having to meet him and just do it over Zoom and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it. I've uh, become good friends with him through this. And, nice. Uh, he's done an amazing job and uh, we struck a friendship off from it. And he were a match if United. He's a match if United fan, so it's helped that Sheffield United fans have done it. Well, that it definitely comes through in the book. Yeah. Um, Paddy, I'm going to end it on a little game. It's called Real Book, Fake Book. <laughs> We played this game in Perry Groves, uh, not to keep bringing them up. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say the name of a football book. You have to tell me if you think it's a real book or one we've just made up, okay? <laughs> you fat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, all 10 questions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, question number one uh, David Dunn, done it the hard way, real or fake? Real. I'm afraid it's fake, Paddy. Oh. The first hurdle, but you got you got, you got nine. So Paddy got se- uh, Perry got seven out of ten. Wow, we're really trying to great. start this Perry Paddy <laughs> yeah, rivalry. I, I don't know why. I really, I'm really, not, I'm very grateful for both of you being here. Uh, <laughs> question number two: Mark Schwarzer. Mark my words: A year in the life of Mark Schwarzer. Real or fake? Fake. It's real. Sorry. <sighs> <laughs> I'm trying to get zero. I'm trying to get zero. Has anyone ever got zero? It's only no been you, it's only in Perry's ever done this. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, really done me already, haven't I? You're going to say eight out of eight now. <laughs> you can you can still get eight if you get them all right. Uh, yeah. Dougie Friedman, the long walk to Friedman. Real or fake? 
is is correct. It is fake. <laughs> fake. Yes, I'm back. <laughs> Leon Britton, Brit of all right. Real or fake? Fake. Is correct. Oh, I'm going to run. Can we yeah. stop there? That'll yeah. do me. That'll do me. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid we've got to keep going for many, many more. Uh, John Arnorisa, <laughs> running man. Real or fake? Fake. Real. Oh. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to throw me a little curveball then. I three fake ones on truck. I'm in your head. I'm in your head. Question number six. Graham Potter and the Chamber of Managerial Secrets. <laughs> Real or fake? Fake. Fake is correct. Um, <laughs> What's that? Four, four right? Uh, yeah, four. <laughs> no, three. Three right. so far. You yeah. got... Three out of six. You got four more there. Yep, three out of six. You got four yeah. to go. Barry Fry. <laughs> Barry Fry, big fry. Real. Is correct. Oh yes. Mitchy Batshwai, catcher in but shry. Sick. Is correct. <laughs> Come on! I mean... Two more. Can we start again? Uh, <laughs> I've got a feeling, got a feeling it'd be easier second time round, Paddy. I've got a feeling. I don't know with me. I'll get it wrong. <laughs> um, Neil Redfern. There's only one Neil Redfern. Real or fake? Knowing him, real. Is correct. Cause he, cause he loves, only because he loves himself. Yes. <laughs> I knew we'd put that. Did he ever come in with a picture of his face on his own shirt? <laughs> I would have set that on fire. To come <laughs> That bloke was a whopper. <laughs> Big fan of uh, Neil Redfern. Cool. I mean, that, that's, that's six out of nine. Is it? Six out of nine. Yeah. One more to go. One more finally. To, to, to tie. On, with uh, to tie. Uh, finally, number ten. Kenny Paddy. My autobiography. Real or fake? <laughs> uh, fake. Yeah. He's, He's done it. He's done it. Is that the best moment of your career? <laughs> Last few years, anyway. <laughs> You did seven out of ten. That's good. You leveled. Yeah, it. especially when I got first two wrong. Yes, that was yeah. some comeback. That was a, it was a that was a great comeback. Paddy, thank you so much for coming on today. The book is out through Vertical Editions today, Monday, October fifth. You can buy it wherever you get your books. It's brilliant. Go out and buy it. We all loved it, didn't we, guys? Yeah, yeah great, it's terrific, absolutely brilliant. Pa- Paddy, thank you so much for coming on. Did you enjoy yourself? Loved it. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, um, please write another book. Please write a sequel and come <laughs> on the show again when you do. Yeah. Uh, yeah what would you have you th- could you do a second book is there anything more oh you never know oh i'm excited the gloves the gloves are back on yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah if anyone has any thoughts on the episode or any questions for us uh follow us message us at footy book club on twitter football book club on instagram or on our facebook page We'll be back next week with our first wider reading episode. So all the questions you send in on the episode so far will be read out. Please subscribe, review the podcast. Um, Paddy, can you just chant the words book, 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 book with us? Yeah, when you're ready. Okay. One, two, three. Book, 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 book. What a bizarre way to end this whole thing. Everybody buy Paddy's book. Buy Paddy's book. Thanks for listening to the Football Book Club. It featured James Bug, James Balgen, Jack Bernhardt, and Paddy Kenny. It was produced and created by James Bug. Thanks to Paddy Kenny for writing the book. But I know what you're asking. What are they all up to now? Well, Phil Jagielka's back at Sheffield United, and over a decade later, he's still fighting it out for that number one jersey. Wilco Devolt retired from the game in 2013 before ploughing all his money into a big money remake of Jolly Hockey Sticks. Roy Keane is still fuming. Paddy stood up to him. Neil Warnock is naked right now, and Paddy Kenny is an author whose book is out now in all bookstores. You can absolutely love reading it. We'll see you next week. Until then, bye bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 